Okay, and you're very welcome to another edition of the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends from BetBright. It's me, Dean Ryan, in BetBright Towers, joined as always by Dermot Nolan. How are you, Dom? I'm all good, Dean. Uh, Don McLean is back again, of course, part of the regular panel now. Don, how has your week been? I hope you're well. I am well, thanks again, Dean. Yeah, good week, busy week, but good week. Good yeah. stuff. We've got lots of good racing to look forward to this weekend. And interesting, it's that Nick Luck has joined us again. He's on the phone, this time from uh, sunny California. It is, and I, I know you're, you've got beautiful weather back in, in Ireland and, and England at the moment. But uh, yeah, no, very nice here. Looking forward to a, a good weekend's racing stateside here in, in Santa Anita. Also some, some excellent sport at, at Belmont Park. Maybe we'll give that a mention later on with Thundersnow and Mendelssohn and co. But, um, but yeah, looking forward to this and to keeping an eye on all the action. Uh, Newmarket, looking forward to stay there. I've been watching some of the racing this afternoon. Yeah, they kicked off, of course, the Cambridge meeting already. Uh, we're going to talk about Friday and Saturday's action. And in the style of the Race Out podcast, we're going to go straight into it. First race on Friday that we're going to talk about is the 150. Uh, that's the Rosemary Stakes. Interesting contest this. At the top of the market, we've got Unforgettable Philly, Laugh Out Loud, Ago Terra. It's a bit of a a rematch for a couple of these. Don, I might go two first for the Rosemary Stakes. Uh, what do you make of the field? Yeah, look, if Laugh Aloud ever came back to her form of last year, um, she she should be clear favourite for this. She's just her two runs this year have been disappointing. Um, at Sandown the first day on, on her return, the Atlanta Stakes, she was held up, which kind of was unusual for a filly who, who had tended to make the running last year, and she was well beaten. Then last time at Doncaster. Um, she kind of, she was ridden prominently and she just faded so that was disappointing for me i mean look you'd love to give her another chance but there are only so many chances you can you can give horses and um you know maybe she just isn't the failure that she was but maybe you could give her one more chance like agotera uh ran really well long shot last time unforgettable philly was a good winner at haydock last time with just of a listed race obviously she's stepping up in trip or sorry in, in class um and I look, it's understandable that they're the two at the top of the market, but I'd be inclined to give Laugh Aloud maybe one more chance at a bit of a price. Yeah, price is around a four to one shot at the moment, Demo. They, you know, they've been against each other before. I got Terra and Unforgettable Philly. You a laugh out loud, you know, give it another chance? Yeah, okay. I am actually. Yeah, like, I mean, she won this race back in 2016. She also won a listed race, a good one in the group, uh, the group treat Epsom last year. You know, she's, she's, she's a very good filly. Um, as Don said, her two runs this year just they just haven't quite popped. But I've been I'm just hoping maybe that they've been building her back towards the race that she had won before. Um, the money seems to be coming. I mean, she's only getting shorter as the days have gone on. That that's probably just just to do with the fact that she's running. And the um, tightening up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's she's still interesting for me. She's she is just the best fit in the race, and I'll give her one more shot as well. Then Nick, will you be giving love? allowed another shot or do you like perhaps Unforgettable Philly or indeed Agotero is there something else I think Laugh Aloud has been sufficiently disappointing for me the last twice as Don was saying for me not to want to back her tomorrow um, she, I, I, I really expect her to, to make more of a fist of it at Sandown's first time up now I know the winner of that race is very very smart and is going to materialise into multiple group one winner probably by the end of her days but I think Laugh Aloud should have put it up to a more Earnestly, and I don't really know what the problem was at Docks because she just finished really tamely. I don't see any reason why Unforgettable Philly can't win this race. I, I think if, if there wasn't a suspicion that Haydock was a bit of a fluke, given how far she won, she'd be she'd be she'd be a, a shorter price if that makes any sense. Yeah. Uh, given given her official rating, given given she's got stacks of form on the Roly Mile, good second in the Nell Gwyn last year, any number of good runs here. Philly who likes to push the pace on a track where that is often the best way to play your hand. 
I don't see any real reason why she shouldn't make a pretty bold bid again. And, and I think connections have kept her in, in at a realistic level as well. So I, I'm, I'm with Unforgettable Philly here. Yeah, I'd, I'd go with Unforgettable Philly here too. I don't see how it doesn't appreciate the 48 days off. I think go, I think it will go very well. It's 5-2 to two at the moment in the market, 4-1 to one, laugh aloud. Uh, Agra Terrida at threes. The other two boys there liking laugh aloud. We'll look at the Royal Nef, the Princess Royal Nef stakes. That's the 225. Um, again, top of the market here. It's an interesting one because I think Star Rock's probably one of the better bets of the weekend. Huey Morrison's charged with Oshie Murphy aboard, but it's got decent competition here. Last time out, winner Mississippi around four to one. Nine to two is a Sun Maiden who's perhaps not gone on and done what they wanted it to do for Sir Michael Stout so far. Ryan Moore ride that one at the bottom of the field. Uh, interesting race this, Nick. Where do you go? It is an interesting race. I quite like Mississippi here. Yeah. Baby Spencer and David Simcock. She's quite likely raised, still improving. She went to Longchamp last time for a race, in fairness, which she should have won, but she did win it. And she had to race against the bias as well. She walked out of the stalls. So Jamie Spencer had no option but to play things quite quietly. But she ended up winning really, really comfortably, making her ground up in the hottest part of the race. And I think with normal progression, she should should run a really bold race here. Okay, these are going to be more difficult, these opponents, but she's shown that she can go variety of surfaces. I just think autumn, decent ground is going to suit her perfectly, and, and I'm, I'm quite sweet on her chances. We can say she's got a bit of time on Star Rock and Sun Maiden and Crimson Rosette, but a couple of pounds, and I think she's the most progressive of them. Okay, I think that Star Rock form is interesting, Don, considering it run into likes of Pallister and God Given, who's gone on one since. Is that form good enough to win the the, the NAF? Yeah, that that was a good run in the Lily Langtree. Um, yeah, and yeah, that form has been enhanced since. I, I'd agree with you, Dean. And you know those those two those fillies came out and um, have run have run well since. And she was only just beaten last time at Baden Baden, so you can understand why she's favourite. Um, I think I, I fully hear what what Nick's saying about Mississippi. She's progressive filly as well. Um, and Sun Maiden was probably like that 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 run against. Cross counter at Goodwood in the Gordon Stakes it was just d- disappointing that she did come back a little bit mm. uh, against Latti Dar last time in the the Galtra Stakes, but um, she's probably going to have to step up from that. I I quite like Crimson Rosette. Like you have to f- forgive her, her last run in Do- at, at Deauville against Kitesurf. That was a kind of a strange race because Kitesurf did really well to win it, um, stayed on well on the outside in a, in a race that they didn't in which they didn't go a great gallop. Uh, and I, I thought Kitesurf was probably value for for more than the bare winning margin. She did she did well to come from the rear off a sedate pace, and um, but on the, on her run before that, Crimson Rosette won very well, and uh, on the the July course at Newmarket. And look, it's a different track, of course. It's the Rolly Mile course now, but they they do have similar similar char- characteristics. They all both have long home straights. They both have, um, they they do favour front running tactics generally. Um, and while you know the Rolly Mile course obviously has the dip that we talk about a lot when we come to the Guineas, July course is kind of like that as well. It's a kind of a, it's downhill and then uphill to the line. So, I I always think that form on, on the July course is a is a positive when you go back to the Rolly Mile course and vice versa. So I I just thought that run, um, back at the, at the beginning of August in the Chalice Sticks was a good run from her, and it continued her progression. I think she probably does need to progress to win, to, to beat Star Rock in Mississippi, but I think there's every chance that she can. Yeah, um, yeah, I'd agree with all that, uh, Dean, obviously, but I, I'm not mad about any of the, the front of the market, really. Mm. Um, the one that I've been looking at is Dramatic Queen. I think you have to forgive her last time, obviously, for Haydock and Heavy Ground. You just, I think you have to let her off at that, but 
I mean, this is a horse this year who's tried the front run under Liam Jones. She was fourth behind Sia Class. Um, needs to settle better because of late she's been going down before every other horse. She tends to get herself worked up an awful lot. If she can calm herself down, um, you know, she was third in a one mile four listed race here um, on the July course, and then she was also fourth over one mile six uh, last time out. She needs to settle, but under Sylvester de Souza, she might just go from the front under a canny ride and she might just not come back to them, Dean. Decent price, Stella. Yeah. At 16 to 1, Dean. Good each way price. Okay. And it's the Nayef. We've got to look at the 3 o'clock at Newmarket on Friday, which is the Shower Rockfell Stakes. Um, again, we get Main Edition versus Just Wonderful. There's a few interesting ones outside those top two, though. Um, Dem, I might come to you first on the Rockfell. Yeah, I I can't believe Just Wonderful's price. Okay. Uh, I think she definitely needs further. I also think her in Main Edition, I mean... Generally, with main edition, she's or has been having about a month between each run. This is quite quick after the Myglare. Um, neither of them, I don't think, enjoyed themselves all that much that day. It's a great test of um of form for Skitter Scatter already. I just I'd be very keen to take the two of them on. They probably are the best two fillies in the race, but I, I'm very keen. And the one I want to take them on with is your time is now. Um, has just been very good, and all four races to date have been over six furlongs, but. Winning the last twice, um, building on a great win at Newbury and then going on to win um, a Salisbury Group 3. She's just looked very good. This is a massive step up, obviously. She's taken on proper fillies here, but she's just she's been aesthetically very pleasing. Uh, both sides of her pedigree, you'd think that she would at least want seven furlongs and uh, she's definitely ready to step into this company and this uh, trip. And I just think, I'm very keen to take on the first two and she's the one that I think has the most progression left in her that she can pass them out to. An interesting runner in there. Nick, do you think perhaps that your time is now as taking on these two very good fillies in, in main edition and just wonderful at the right time? Definitely. Um, it, it, she's, got to be, uh, she's got to be a big player in this race, your time out. I think Connections could easily have had a little look at the Sheevely Park on the Batic pool because she doesn't look sure of the speed mm. but she's Slightly defeated Pollyanna and Eurica Bayo in that, so I can see why they're coming here. And it's worth a try at seven, as Dermot said, the clues are there in the pedigree. I I can't really find myself ju- uh, deserting Just Wonderful in a race such as this when I was all in on her in the in the Moyglair last time. Now, I know she ran badly, but I've watched that replay two or three times, and she was just never really at the races. It, it didn't have a particularly hard race in the end. It was just a bit of a, a nothing of a, of a run, but it's not as though she even really got into the heat of the battle and then backed out of it. She sort of made a little bit of headway into the middle of the race and then just just sort of stayed on under hands and heels. I, I wondered whether it was significant that Ryan Moore didn't ride her on that occasion. I was expecting it a rider and he rode Zagatova, who was, I didn't think ever really stood a chance of winning. So I just wonder whether she might, for whatever reason, have, have needed that run or might, have, might not have just absolutely bounced it. I'm going to give her one more chance. I think she's really talented. I know her profile's inconsistent, but I do think she's the best of these. And average of 30, seven to two might might not be a bad price. I, I thought Medicine was there and ran her race in the morning and, and just wasn't good enough. Uh, and I, I'd be pretty confident that Just Wonderful could reverse the place. Okay, Nick's going in again with Just Wonderful, confident that can reverse the placings with main addition. Uh, Don, wh- where do you sit with this contest? Are you going to go with those two who had, well, I guess they had a hard enough race at the car. They did, and that's a worry, but I still think main addition, um, I, like, I, I've been a fan of hers for a while, and that, that, as Nick said, the Moigler 
it was a strangely run race. They went very, very hard early on. Like the, even Ronan Whelan, who rode the winner, Skitter Scatter, he, he kind of thought that he'd pop out and just hit second or third and see where the filly landed. And they went so fast that he was happy to allow her drift back in the field, kind of to fifth or sixth. And then she stayed on really well. And we've got Lady Kaya, who finished second in the race. But we're going to get another test of that form in the, the Chievely Park Stakes on Saturday as well. So, um, and main addition, she was she was handy throughout from from early, and I just don't think the race was run to suit the horses, the fillies who ra- raced prominently in that race. Um, on a, on two of her previous three runs, she beat La Pelosa and La Pelosa. Nick Nick is well placed to assess La Pelosa. She went and enhanced the form in America after that. So that strong form. I know the time she beat her, uh, at at Newmarket and the Sweet Solara, she she probably had the run of the race. She was in front, and La Pelosa never really got to her, but she still kept on well and she won well. She's a consistent filly. She is progressive. I think you can allow her her Moyler Stakes run, and I think she's the correct favourite for the race. Okay, so Don's in on uh, main edition. We, do you know what? Between us so far, we haven't really all come down on anyone in any of the no. race. So we're giving them all a good spin. I think that just shows you how competitive uh, it is so far. Um, I'm a big fan of your time is now. Obviously got to step up a little bit. I just think it might be the right time for Roger Varian's charge to take these two on. And if they've feeling any kind of effects of that run of the Curra, I think it's an interesting bet around seven to two. Could even go off favourite if the if the public come behind it. So we will see how they get on. That's the third race that we've looked at so far on Friday. The last one we're going to take a look at um, is the Shabwell Joel Stakes. Um, thought a really nice winner last time actually. Just getting actually won a pretty hot race beating Dubai in a, in a good contest at Doncaster was Mustachery. Uh, Jim Crowley ride that from Sir Michael Stout. That's favourite at thirteen to eight. Um, it's a small field, this Regal Reality Accidental Agent, of course, who's been a flag bearer for Eve Johnson Horton this, this year. So Bill Prince and Zonderland, small field, but select, Don, a decent field for the Joel. Yeah, look, you'd love to see Accidental Agent winning it um, for Eve Johnson Horton. It's, yeah. it's uh, like, you know, look, he's 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 done all he, he needs to do. I suppose he's won a Queen Anne, which was just an unbelievable day, an unbelievable performance. I suppose he was a bit disappointing next time in the pre-Jacqueline Marois, but... Um, Look, Alpha Centauri was out in her own that day, and nothing could nothing could get near her. Well, they went tilting for windmills, didn't they? They do that sometimes when you get one. Well, why not? Yeah, it's exactly. A Queen Anne winner, you may as well. Exactly. It's, the, it's the logical race for her to go for yeah. a, a pre-Jacqueline Marwa. But uh, look, I agree with you, Dean, on Mustachery. He was impressive last time. That was a tight little race as well. It was the the, the park stakes. It normally is. It was a deep contest. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it was seven furlongs, which he was dropping down and trip from that. He won over ten furlongs before that at Sandown. So he he showed a lot of pace to win that day. Um, I just don't think we've seen the best of regal reality yet okay um like that the run against here comes when last time that was run on really really bad ground at haydock and we know that here comes when loves that type of ground and regal reality just just had his his, his wheels spinning a bit the time before that he won a, a group three race at, at goodwood and um, that was set up for him a wee bit because the, the front the two front runners went went very very fast early on i think he, he was very weak in the market from memory before that race but um i suppose because they went so fast that 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 enabled him picked them up and he but he didn't he went and he went and he won well but he's a horse who's always been highly regarded um and back on better ground you know as, as nick was saying there that the weather at, at Newmarket today is, is really really fine on the ground it looks like it's it's all even on the it's definitely good ground maybe even on the fast side of good so that should rig a reality well um over a mile that that should suit him well too. I, th- I think he's got plenty in his favour. Nick, what do you like for the for the Joel? I, I, I'm all a regal reality here. I, I just I'm not sure that there's too many horses in training that can give him the kind of weight that with an accidental agent has got to give him. A staff has got to give him seven pounds. Accidental agent's got to give him nine pounds. 
When I first looked at the prices, I thought, well, accidental ace is a huge price on a class play, and I'll I, I back him straight mile stiff track. But I, I think £9 for Eagle Reality is just going to be too much. I hear what Don says about the Haydock run. It was run in a quagmire. The only horse who likes those conditions are here comes when. Most horses, I firmly don't really love heavy ground. They can just act on it better than others. But I think here comes when's an exception. I think he really enjoys it. Uh, and uh, Regal Reality actually didn't run too badly in the circumstances. Uh, and the, the race at Goodwood is, oh, I think, got quite a decent look to it. Uh, yeah, he was weak in the market, but he was quite strong early on before drifting late on. Astilio has come out and won since. Chief Ironside, of course, has finished third to Mustachery in the race at York. So on that line of form, Regal Reality is not too far behind Label Companion. And the fact that he gets £7 from him definitely uh, uh, tilts the, the scales in his favour, I think. The two stout charges to uh, to battle this out, then perhaps in the Shabo Joe, do you think? Yeah, I'm actually following the exact same. Zulaz, I don't have much to uh, to add. He's just, I think he's he's too classy a horse to be getting weight, as uh, as Nick alluded to, and he's getting too much weight in, and I just think he'll uh, he'll take a bit of stopping. Anyone who listens to the race hour often enough to hear me talking nonsense about horses will know I'm a big Zonderland fan, and it's in here at a big price. I think it's a leap of faith, although the last run uh, wasn't too bad. It'll happen one day. He will drop in to one of these races at a big price because Clive Cox has spent three years telling everyone what a good horse he is. And I remember when he first walked in, walked into the yard there, they all thought he was the best one they had. And you know, he showed some promise. He was often highly tried, but I can't work out what he wants, whether he wants a big field, small field, fast ground, soft ground. I don't know. Uh, but he, he's got ability. Yeah, on his runs in small enough fields with the likes of Lightning Spear, you'd have to give him a big chance in this. I just wonder whether that run behind Beat the Bank at Goodwood was enough to signal that it's going to come. It will come at some point. I'll probably be taking a chance at around that 15-2, to 8-1 mark, although I think that the stout charge is obviously very good. I'd probably be a moustachery fan over Regal Reality and what we've seen so far, but it looks a very decent contest. We're going to take a break at this point, having looked through Friday at Newmarket, and we'll be back after these messages uh, from our friends at BetBright to talk about Saturday. Join BetBright's Racing Club today. In our racing club, for every 10 bets placed on UK and Irish horse racing, you get one free, and it's bets of up to £50. Get ahead and join BetBright's Racing Club now. Available on all devices. Okay, and you're very welcome back to the race hour brought to you with our friends at BetBright, of course. It's myself, Dean Ryan, Dermot Nolan, Nick Cluck on the phone from the sunny states and at Don McLean here in BetBright Towers. We're going to move on to Saturday at Newmarket, a big, big day of racing. Of course, we're going to start with the 150 on the card. That's the Judmont Royal Lodge Stakes, the Group 2, and uh, top of this market. And you'd have to think John Gosden has a very good line with his two-year-olds with the the armory has in his stable beatboxer will head the market for this around a nine to four chance and um, some decent runners against it I believe Arthur Kitt is going to go for Tom Gascombe and Richard Kingscote uh, probably go off second favorite around four to one seven to two I would imagine Aidan O'Brien's bringing over Cape of Good Hope uh, this is a good race Don yeah it's a it's a very good race Dean um it's intriguing like a lot of these juvenile races are you just like beatboxer we just don't know how good he is he's, he's run twice won twice both times impressively um where, where do you put him you know what what, what price do you put him in the, the, the John Gosden factor Frank the Tory factor is obviously massive as well but yeah. look he, he looks he's by Scott Daddy he's well bred he, look there's, there's just no knowing how good he could be on form but he's, he's he's at least as good as he's shown and potentially a fair bit better than that um, Cape of Good Hope is interesting as well I think stepping up to a mile is going to suit him he, he, he had no chance for Corto last time at Newmarket yeah. um, but he did he did keep on well to take second place 
and look, Corto has obviously enhanced the form significantly since. So that was a good. He's interesting as well. But Arthur Kitt is is probably the most interesting for me. Like he, he, when he won the Chesham Stakes, um, he looked he looked beaten all ends up at halfway. He traded at a massive price in running, and he just stayed on. That was over seven last time back over seven at Sandown. He obviously had no answer to two darn hot, but again he kept he was he raced prominently that day and and he he kept on well to take second place and he was a fair bit clear the third like there was the first three were a, a good bit clear the rest of the field as well they were fairly well strung out and that was his first run since Royal Ascot. There's a good chance it would bring him on and they probably had the Royal Lodge or maybe the Racing Post Trophy in mind for him since the Chesham. Yeah. So I I I would have thought that maybe that the sandown run will bring him on with this race in mind and stepping up to a mile that's going to suit him as well he, he, he races like he, he, he loved the step up to a mile so yeah i, I think arthur kid is, is interesting against a uh, big boxer yeah I, I completely agree with you i think he's also probably a bit battle hardened uh, compared to likes of beatboxer at this stage but with that line that john gosden will have with two darn hot and arthur kit uh, he might know what he has in his armory and be pretty confident here no, nick what do you make of these two-year-olds uh well I I really like Boxer, but then again, I also really like a, a, a two-year-old of John Gosden who won on the July course back in back in August. Turned up to Haydock the next time, fully expected him to win again, but a horse called Kadar just blew by him like he was standing still. The horse I'm referring to is Wildstern of John Gosden. Went off seven to four on for the novice at Haydock, and this 100 grand son of Scat Daddy trained by Carl Burke just blew by having looked all arms and legs early, all at sea, very green. Well, if he's sharper for that, he's going to take a hell of a lot of beating because I still am of the view that Valston is a very good horse as a half-brother to, to Valgeist and, and, and other group winners. But this Kadar, 700 grand, with a trainer who's trained, as has been pointed out extensively in the last three or four weeks, more, group, more individual group one winners uh, than any other UK-based trainer, bar Charlie Appleby, and uh, and John Gosden in the last three years, uh, I, I I think Kadar can, can can win this Royal Lodge. He's a decent price as well, around seven to one for Carl Burke. James Doyle's booked up to ride Kadar. Damo, what do you like in this contest? Yeah, I'm absolutely mad about Kadar as well. Okay. Um, I'm the same as uh, Nick. I actually watched that race and I was looking out for John Gosden's horse, thinking that he was you know he's going to stamp himself again or something. Yeah, Kadar just he he really struggled. He looked like he was all all over the place and he just won it really comfortably um, that's a proper race and again with Carl Burke I mean he's just he's having the season the season I mean he's a 28% strike rate now with David Hunts in, uh, in two year races obviously and he, he's just he's an outstanding trainer and as Nick said if this horse improves Dean he'll he's, he'll take a world of stopping a very informative start to the card at Newmarket on Saturday we'll all look forward uh, to seeing how the John Montmore Lodge Stakes goes the Cheevy Park is next on Saturday, uh, of course, the Group One for Phillies there, two twenty-five. Uh, Pretty Polly Anna heads the market here at five to four at the moment. After that's a bit of a gap. Senor, Senora Cabello, uh, of course, they've raced each other. John Quinn and Frankie Dottori will ride that one at nine to two, seven to one. With Fairyland eight to one bar those. Demo, I'll come to you first on the Cheapy Park. First two in the market, obviously. Um, that's form that goes back to Doval. Uh, the two ran absolute screamers that day, obviously, in first and second. John Quinn during the week seems to be quite hopeful that he can turn that around with Signor Cabello. But the horse I can't get away from is um, is Fairyland, Dean. Um, all nine hundred twenty-five thousand guineas of her. Mm-hmm. Um, you know she was she was really game at York, and I don't think she's getting the credit for York that she deserves because of the fact that she beat a Brian Ellison horse in second, uh, the Mighty Mackham 
or the name, of, the name of the horse was there is every O'Brien horse during that period was running abysmally um, she deserves to be marked up because she was one of the few that won I remember I Can Fly won the, that evening at Killarney as well and she just she kept going when really you know the rest of the horses weren't and she went from the front that day and she just she stuck her head down before this I mean she was she won first time obviously and second time at the Curra and Ace and then and in um, she was then third behind main edition and La Palosa uh, who obviously went on to win the group one at uh, a Woodbine we've seen what main edition has done and that day I thought the first two actually got first run on her because she plugged along very well at eight to one Dean I just think she's a cracking bet and uh she just she's overpriced against the first two in my opinion. Okay, a confident Emma Nolan regarding Fairyland for Aidan O'Brien and Donica O'Brien ride that's currently around eight to one, seven to one uh, for the Chibi Park. Don, we've got plenty of form to work with with these two year olds. Mm, yeah, no, it's a it's again it's a great race, Chibi Park. Um, I I think Pretty Polly Allen and Signora Cabello should probably be closer in the betting than they are. Mm. Uh, th- there wasn't much between them at Doville last time. It looked like Signora Signora Cabello had her measure. But Pretty Pollyanna, she stuck to her task really well, and she she was strong in the finish, and she like she cut loose the time before that at the Cherry Hinton when she 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 came clear that okay there was plenty of messing in behind, but she was by far the best filly in the race. And oh yeah, she had to go and for me she had to go and do it again, and she did in Doville. So look, she's the right favourite, but I I think John Quinn is right to be optimistic that she can get even closer to her than than she did at Doville. Um, Fairyland's very interesting, as Dermot says. Uh, I think she was Aidan's only winner at York, wasn't she? Yeah, I think she was the only, as you said. Only I, winner I, at York. I can fly one this, during the week. Yeah, as well. But and and look, he was very upfront as to the fact that the horses were just coming back, and uh, she drifted markedly as well. She, yeah, uh, did she? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and and she battled well because I think the yeah. back and bullet had passed back her. And passed she, her, she got she back up back again. Yeah. So that was a hell of a run, and she can probably improve on that. But I think Lady Kaya is under the radar a bit. Um, she's been under the radar all season really Sheila Lavery's filly uh, her, her run in the Moyglare just go back and watch it again she mm. just travelled so yeah. well she looked a winner for a she looked a winner yeah. she was still in the bridle Robbie Colgan was still motionless at the two furlong pole and then Skitter Scatter probably just outstayed her and you know off the off the fast pace Skitter Scatter finished very very strongly and Lady Kaya still finished strongly enough to finish second Back back to six furlongs. I mean, watching that race, you would have thought six furlongs is, is exactly what she wants. Even though she's won over seven, she won her maiden by ten lengths over seven furlongs. But um, back over six, and as long as the the the, the time between the Moyglare and tomorrow is long enough, because it's what well, it's two weeks, yeah, less than two, maybe thirteen days. So, um, as long as she's recovered from that and traveling over to England, that's that's just a tiny bit of a of a worry. And we won't know that until she runs, but. I think on that form, I think the Moidler form is a strong race. I still think Skidders Cat is an underrated filly. Uh, I think Lady Kaya is underrated on the back of her as well. And back okay. to six is probably exactly what she wants. He's uh, been the story this season, hasn't he, Robbie Colgan? That's, it's uh, yeah. been a f- like, you just wouldn't have imagined that you know, he'd be riding in this race. Like He won a Tritown chase in 2007. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, and once he seemed to lose the uh, that gig to David Russell, the Andrew Lynch gig, you kind of thought his career was maybe winding down and he just completely reinvented himself like he's just yeah no amazing and he's such a quiet rider isn't yeah, he? like he's yeah. such a stylish quiet yeah like another another uh national hunt jockey gone flat
Yeah, and a few have done it with, with yeah. success in, in, in recent years. And, and fair play to him. He's got a big chance then aboard Lady Kaya for a trainer and, that... Sorry, Dean. Yeah. Fair, fair play as well to Sheila Lavery for sticking with him. Well, because yeah, absolutely. I'm sure there will be plenty of big-name riders, or bigger-name riders yeah. would have wanted to I'd say to the phone her. has been ringing, all right. Yeah, so. yeah the phone yeah. will have been ringing. And, and Robbie Colgan uh, gets his chance there on Saturday in this Group 1 Chievely Park Stakes. Nick, I'll come to you. Uh, the pre-Mornay heroines to, to fight this out, or do you also like something against that top two? Well, I think it's been said, in all fairness. I, I really would love to see Signora Cavell win this race because I, I, I'm very friendly with John Quinn and, and, and family. And, and for personal and sentimental reasons, I, I think it's a great story from sort of a rags to riches story as well, where she came from. Uh, I, I, but I do think Pussy Pollyanna is very smart. And, and I, I don't honestly see how Signora Cavell can, can bridge the gap. And Trainer, quite rightly, has said it's another day on another race course. But, uh, you know, they, they pull way clear. I, I, it is really good form. I think it's still slightly underestimated form, given that they they feature as two of the top five time form race heroes this season, this pair of Phillies. They're back in against their own sex here. And for all I agree that Fairyland can make a significant amount of improvement from York, she's going to need to make a significant amount of improvement from York. I think pretty probably Anna, boring as it is, will win this race. And, uh, and she'll come back and give a bolt shout in the beginning of the year. Okay, well, plenty of clues going to come, of course, for those big races next year from that Chievely Park. Uh, that's the Group 1 at 2.25. Moving on to the next race on the card, probably one I'm looking forward to, one of the most of the weekend anyway. Chance to see 10 Sovereigns uh, go back to the well again. 6-4 to four on is the current prices for 10 Sovereigns in the middle park. Uh, a fascinating contest. Simon Crisford will saddle Jash. Sergei Prokofiev is still in there. Shami Heffernan aboard that for Aidan O'Brien uh, is 10 to 1 bar those. I think there's a big overpriced one in here. I'm going to throw Rumble in the Jungle out to the group and see what they think of Rumble in the Jungle's chance. Of course, fluff the lines last time, but if you draw a line through that, might prove to be a big price. Don, I'll come to you first on the middle park. Are you looking forward to the race? Yeah, look, it's a hell of a weekend. This is... Um... It's it's kind of I think it's future champions weekend Nick, very much that, so, that, yeah. that, that, that's that's how it's built uh, I suppose the Cambridgeshire apart although there could be a few future champions looking at, <laughs> in the Cambridgeshire <laughs> yeah. as well. it's become that race um, so well, that's the strange thing Don isn't it it's not built it's not built as future champions weekend yet it should be <laughs> there is a there is a weekend built future champions weekend but it's in about three weeks time oh that's the Jew, <laughs> that's, that's the Jewish weekend isn't it yeah 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 that's right. They, they've only changed the calendar about five years ago. I still haven't got used to it. <laughs> we'll see a lot of the same ones go again at it as well there, if they're all all well and, and good. Uh, the middle part, Don, where do you go? I mean, I threw Rumble in the Jungle too. You don't have to. Yeah, no, you know, I, 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 look, he's a 20 to one shot. Uh, you take out his run at Doncaster and he shouldn't, that, that's for sure, he shouldn't be a 20 to one shot. Yeah. Um, he, look, he, he ran he ran a big race at Ascot. He obviously ran a bigger race at, at Goodwood when he won the Molecombe. That was a, that was a, a, a fast five furlongs mm. um, over six at Newmarket which is not it's not a slow six furlongs um, it'd be interesting to see how he fares stepping up and trip look 10 sovereigns he's been one of the stories one of the juvenile stories of the season uh, the, his two wins the, the sections that he clocked apparently have been really really fast so you can understand why he's a short price and this is the race for him It's he, he, he looks more at six furlong horse colt as a juvenile, more than a, like a more a middle park stakes colt than yeah. a Ju- than a Jewhurst or a racing post trophy colt. So, yeah. this is the race for him. And yeah, look, he's 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 a phenomenally exciting colt. Um, interesting that Josh is going to take him on again. These two for two, similar to ten sovereigns. Uh, was it's again, it's hard to know what he what he's achieved so far, but um, he's he's at least as good as he's shown. He was at long odds on last time at. At Salisbury, he won well, and it's it's interesting that Simon Christopher thinks enough of him to allow him to step up and take his chance in the middle park. 
Emiratian has been bought by Sheikh Obaid since um, he, he won at, at York last time. Uh, he was impressive in winning that day. He kind of, um, again, got out in front and stayed on well. So it was, it, was, it, was a, it was a good, gutsy game performance. Whether he will have 10 sovereigns, raw brilliance, uh, I'm not certain about that. Um, but look, it's, it's, it's a no-bet race for me, but I'm, I'm just looking forward to seeing 10 sovereigns again. Okay, uh, Demo, uh, we're all looking forward, as Don says, to seeing this 10 sovereigns and, and watching its progression. There's some good horses against it. I mean, where do you go? I I would not have a bet in this race the exact same as Don. Uh, I think 10 sovereigns, like my two-year-old of this season has been Mad Moon thus far. Yeah. And I think 10 sovereigns can probably take a step past that this weekend. He's just looked so good. Uh, he was brilliant at the at the Curra on both occasions. And that group three last time, he, he was just outstanding. Um, it's very hard to know what Josh. I mean, he was eight to one on last time at um, at Salisbury. Of course, he was smart, but you know you should be smart at those odds. So mm-hmm. it's very hard to know. You can't look down on the form. And Emery Atiana was again. I mad about him last time, but the horse in second has since floundered since, and uh, I believe the third has as well. It's just very hard to actually get a grip on that form to see what he actually achieved on that occasion. So. I'll be watching and I'll be cheering on 10 Sovereigns because I think he could be the the, the real star. This you season. want to see something special in the race, I'm sure. Uh, Nick, are you going to consider taking on 10 Sovereigns? Is this a watching race for you with eyes on what's to come? Of course, 10 Sovereigns is entered for the Dewhurst, but this will, this could be it for the season for it if it's done there. Uh, it'd be very difficult to beat on the on the split time to be shown, as Don was saying. It would be a stallion-making race, this, probably. If 10 Sovereigns wins. He's a, a son of Monet Never. He's made such a big impression for the first season sire from the Scat Daddy sire line as well. And if Ash wins, you can see 150 sons or daughters of just turning up at the sales as uh, build a potential precocious two-year-olds in, in two or three years' time, can't you? I, I, as a son of Kodiak himself, um, I, I, I would only consider backing Emirati Anna at the prices, only because I think he's not really been given credit for the year. I actually think he wants a bit further than this. I think he'll be seen to better effect over seven furlongs, even though he's a Jim Crack winner, and he probably needs to step up to match that raw single furlong pace of, uh, of 10 sovereigns. If I was going to have a bet in the race, it would probably be Emirati, yeah, given that we'd be eight okay. each way. Okay, and that's around a 10 to 1 shot that for Kevin Ryan and Andrea Atzini. I'm going to go with Rumble in the Jungle. Not that I don't think 10 go sovereigns are yeah, be. Why not? It's <laughs> <laughs> so really defiant there. Nobody's questioning you, Damien. Never done me any harm in the past to, 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 to take on the odd odds on shot. I might be taking on the wrong one here. Of course, there is without the favourite betting. I might, that might be the way to go. We we'll look forward to seeing uh, the Middle Park go to post at 3 o'clock on Saturday. Um, one of the biggest punting races of the week. It's certainly. Uh, become a really high quality race as well certainly over the last few years is the, the Cambridgeshire hand, handicap goes to post at 340 um, absolute minefield I'm going to give the pleasure of starting with that to Don yeah cheers <laughs> uh, there, there are three of the horses in the top five of them in the market are three three of the horses that I wanted to back next time out so I don't know really what to do with that okay Kim, start Kim there one, yeah. Um, yeah. I backed him when he got beat in New York the last time they Poet Society who brought up Mark Johnson's 200 or well, sorry career is a record break. I can't remember what the number is yeah uh, it's a big but, number and I was, it's not 200 anyway <laughs> while I was delighted for Mark Johnson <laughs> <laughs> and we don't wish him any un, uh, ill feelings yeah, yeah. congratulations to him. Uh, but he, yeah. he is a bit of a nearly horse Kinron you know okay. the, I, I thought actually of course the Cambridgeshire is the race for him I thought the ground on, on, on slightly easier ground I might even favour him more yeah um, 
but it doesn't look like it's going to be easy round. If anything, it will get quicker. We guess. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. Um. So he was one. He's you know he's short enough and well found with the market. Dan Soteria was another. I thought he ran a really good race at the Curl last time, when he was he was well back in a race that was run to suit the front runners and he stayed on well. Uh, he's only a three-year-old, so he's he's he, you know he, he, that was he, a big effort, wasn't it? Considering uh, yeah, no, it was. Know, and he won his previous four. Like his, his yeah. rate of progression this season has been phenomenal, from a, a mark in the high seventies to I think he's he's hundred and he was hundred and four in Ireland. He's hundred and three now. Yeah, on Saturday. So look, that's it's some rate of progression, but and and it may not have ended, but I I and and he he's drawn uh he's drawn ten, which may not be ideal based on today's evidence. That it seemed to be they seem to be favouring the near side. Kinnan has drawn twenty two, so that's better. Uh, but Kenya is the other horse that I think he's probably the one that I'm going to favour most. Like he, his his last two runs have been very very good. Um, possibly, definitely the last one was against the pace bias, and possibly the time before that in the Irish Cambridgeshire was probably against the case bias as well. A pace mm. bias. He was up in the van. He kicked clear. He was a really impressive winner. Um, and then last time in the Group Two race at at, at Leopard Sound on Champions Weekend, Irish Champions Weekend, the the Clipper Logistics race. Again, he was to the fore in a race that was run to suit the hold-up horses. I can play as, as stable companion. She came from the rear. She was last, turning into the home straight. And she finished off really well. And he, I just thought he kept on very well to finish second. That was a Group Two race. He's back in hand. Okay, it's a it's a it's a Cambridgeshire. It's it's not a normal handicap, but he's off 106, which is reasonable. And again, as a three-year-old, it looks like he's progressing at this stage of the season. They are all hot chances in what is a very tricky race to solve. Nick, you've. Uh seen a few of these races in your time of course where will you start on on a contest like this how do you go about working it out i mean the market does some of the work but there's plenty more to do well uh, those at the top of the market the one that i would be keenest on is kinran for all the reasons apple mentioned um i just think this trip should suit him absolutely down to the ground i don't think he's got that much in hand of the handicapper but then same comments could apply to quite a few of these of those at bigger prices uh, the two that I'm interested in, seniority for Danny Tudhope and William Haggis. A little bit disappointing, I thought, in the Lord Glitters race at York. But that, they were pretty good horses. Lord Glitters, the Stashery Chief Ironside, going back into handicap company, albeit top handicap company, wasn't beaten miles. Missed his next engagement. Um, I, I think he's interesting. And the other one I quite like at a, a bit of a price is Via Serendipity. And the, the question mark for him is whether he'll get a strongly run nine furlongs. And if he does too much too early, which he can do occasionally, he won't. But he's got Gerard Mosse in the saddle. And if he can just settle him, for a trainer, Stuart Williams, he's got an excellent record with horses he runs in this race. They don't win, they always run well. I think he'll go exceptionally well. He, he went through the meat of that midsummer period running in really hot handicaps and turned up every time and won a couple of them. I'm not sure the handicap is fully not the mark at 98. Now, I think he's too big a price, as I say. It's just a question of he's suited by this step in trip and if he gets it then I figure I think he'll run a bold race bit of Gerald Marseille magic perhaps aboard Stuart Williams's via serendipity that's drawn out in the wings in 33 Demo what do you like in the, in the Cambridgeshire this weekend now as we know Dean I can be quite a forgiving punter and the first uh, first he's 41 for a reason but I just I think bravery has to get a shot here um you know, last it was only last season when he won the Lincoln off 100. Now races off 93. Uh, Gabriella Maloon, uh, who's really impressed me this season, a uh, very exciting apprentice, he'll claim five. Um, and basically, they, he hasn't been hitting the, the ground running at all this year, but he hasn't started back all that lately. It might have been building for this. He's seven pounds below 
his last serious winning mark he's got proper form in big field handicaps all last season if you go through his form he's he's running very well in all those big field mile handicaps and he could go close here 40 to 1 I just think he might be too big for a horse who previously had done so much he's the right age at 5 he's not drawn badly at all and the main punt that I'd have in this who who is drawn on the near side is a fac um, like last season was a very strong second in the silver Cambridgeshire to a Dave. Now we've seen what a Dave has gone on to do since, um, and then obviously since this season won the Hamilton second in the Royal Hunt Cup, gets in here off nine seven, which obviously isn't an ideal weight. But this is a horse who's just in seriously good form, runs well consistently in these big handicaps, and at sixteen to twenty to one, he'd be my my main poke in the race, but. I just think Bravery at 40 to 1 is definitely worth poking. Okay, big, a couple of big price ones there. They put the visor on first time as, as well aboard a FAC in, the, in this weekend's race. So it's Charlie Hill's reaching for another aid for it. Sometimes you just need something to give you a little extra few pounds back. And Charles know. Hill's yard is flying as well. They are going very, very well. Yeah, a couple I liked in the contest actually were very talented who obviously ran in it a couple of years ago. I think it was third in 2016. Similar mark. Russell Ryan I thought was a very interesting booking. He's been a fantastic find this I season. I remember him from the, the flapping because... I consistently yeah, go to the flapping yeah. Ireland, yeah. outstanding. Yeah, uh, no, down in Ross Bay, uh, where I go every year, I go to Carsevine mm. and Ross Bay because I'm from Carsevine. And Jack Kennedy is still the best I've seen just behind Paul. He'd be just behind Paul Townend, but Ross Ryan was right up there. He was yeah. just the rest of the young lads, obviously, you know, they're, they're, they're tiny lads and these big horses running around a beach with no rail or anything. So sometimes they just bolt, but you can tell immediately you don't have to be a genius to spot a good jockey at these meetings. Fair enough. And um, he was just waiting behind, he's top class. Okay, well, Russell Ryan, I thought, was an interesting book and for very talented, of course. Just coming back only, what, it'll be nine days when they run on Saturday since it ran it and came back and won as well. So I thought that was an interesting shout around 14 to 1. It's obviously been money for it, which is never a bad sign. And the other one I liked, I thought, really ran really well and does go very well fresh, actually. Ran well behind Great Britain at Newmarket all the way back in May is UAE Prince. They put the pieces on first time. Roger Varian's uh, yard going okay. And Andrea Zeno ride that think the break might just be what UAE Prince needs to run up to its best. I know they obviously had problems with it in the past, so hopefully UAE Prince uh, will outrun uh, those odds. But around 14 to 1, a hot, hot Cambridgeshire, of course, for the weekend. So we've spun through all the racing there on Saturday. We're going to look at, at New Market. Uh, is there anything else from Saturday anyone want to pick out? There's a bit of market raising. I was probably a bit early to talk about the jumps, Don, is it? <laughs> Well, in fairness, the jumps are getting, you know, they're getting going. There's a piece in the Irish Field on Saturday, but when does the jump start? Uh, what, uh, when, what did you say? Well, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't say it yet. <laughs> we'll buy it on yeah, Saturday. I, I don't know when it started. I mean, the same, Listol, it used to be Listol. It used to be Nicol, the Mercedes-Benz meeting at Chepstow when the BBC cameras used to roll in oh, Chepstow. Yeah. Uh, but Navin last, last Sunday was a very interesting night. Charisma, Charisma Records, Gold Cup Day at Kempton. The Charisma Records Gold Cup Day. I didn't mention that one. <laughs> quick, quick rewrite needed. I think, I, think that explains, I think it was shown on telly. Because I think, I think before Champions Day became Champions Day, and there was just the Champions Day, it used to clash with that, and it used to get shown. I think on anyway, whatever. It was around about the tenth of October. If we're going to go down one of these <laughs> lane, who used to sponsor random jumpers uh, yes. in the autumn, which no one really cares about. Wasn't, wasn't there a, I think the first year of Champions Day at Ascot it clashed with the Cheltenham October meeting which was kind of a, a bit of a oversight but no for, for, for us as, as kids Nick well for me as a kid it was when when, when, when you could see jumps, jumps racing on television again at Chepstow Mercedes-Benz Day that was, that was the day when you kind yeah. of remembered what it was like to see horses jumping fences on telly exactly exactly 
Like right, with the free handicap hurdle for yeah. four year olds only. Okay, I, I think we've agreed it's too early. <laughs> <laughs> After all that, only just, only just. It's too early. And uh, it's not if, now, anyway. To mention what's happening here. Go for it, Nick, please. So this weekend in America, uh, the most significant weekend before the Breeders' Cup in terms of the Breeders' Cup Classic, is you've got a uh, Diversify being taken on by Thunder Snow and uh, Mendelssohn in the Jockey Club Gold Cup at Belmont Park and accelerate the current favourite for the Breeders' Cup Classic after his 12-length romp in the Pacific Classic, taking being taken on by the um, Breeders' Cup Classic third and Pegasus Stakes runner-up West Coast, who's on the comeback trail in the Awesome Again Stakes here in California. So those five horses should could, should and could all be key players in one of the world's richest horse races in uh, four or five weeks' time. So uh, it's it's well worth watching the action over the weekend. Yeah, definitely pay attention the to Coast that over York. the weekend. I said we shouldn't forget, of course, Coast of New York is coming back. Oh, okay, when? At Churchill Downs tomorrow. Oh, fantastic. So There'll be so many people want to catch up on how Toast is getting on. Seven years old, one run since his three-year-old career, complete disaster in the Pegasus, been gelded since, though. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Or Toast. Oh no, that's the the hardest cut of all. <laughs> yes, she went into already cut the mares when he's seven years old, but no, I don't know. It might 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 make make. I'm not going to say make a man of him, but you know <laughs> what I mean. Do the opposite of that, sadly. Okay, so Toast is back. Some big racing there. Did he get massive crowds for that, Nick? Uh, they'll get a decent crowd at Belmont. They'll get a decent crowd here at Sunnyside. I would have thought, but uh, crowds could always be better. What what kind of sides are we talking? Like, if you have a big flat meeting, even in Ireland, like the 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 numbers aren't fantastic for it. Like, what are they like? I mean, a big crowd in America might be four times that size. How many do they get roughly? The thing is, if you got twenty, if you got twenty or twenty five thousand at Belmont or Santa Anita this weekend, the, the the track they're such big places that the tracks would still look relatively empty. You know, it's the same. If you get if you get twenty or thirty thousand in Churchill Downs, it looks it looks relatively empty. Uh, I mean, you'd still say that they're healthy crowds by modern standards. But I think somewhere like Belmont Park, it was built for when, you know, 150,000 people would go racing every weekend or thereabouts. You know, between 100 and 150,000 would wow. turn up to Belmont Park from New York every weekend when there was no when there was no competing, you know, when there were no competing attractions. I might be exaggerating a bit, but a lot of people would go. I mean, it was built for big, bigger crowds. And the, the parking lot is just... You know, vast. It was stretches for miles and miles and miles and miles and miles. I think when they redevelop Belmont, they'll redevelop it. You know, with a, with a grandstand half the size, but with much more modern facilities. You know, yeah. It's big. It was it's a big space. It's an beautiful. But again, the grandstand is very long. It's a big place. Okay. Well, enjoy yourself out there. I do need a nap from you for the weekend, please, Nick. Oh, a nap for the weekend. Absolutely. If I go in again, I'm going to go, I'm going to go in again with just wonderful. Okay. Just wonderful then for Nick um, to to bring bring it home this weekend. Don, I'll come to you next for the nap of the weekend, please. Yeah, sure. Look, I'll go for it. Kenya each way in the Cambridgeshire. Decent price, around twelve to one. A nap in the Cambridgeshire, though, that is that's brave stuff. But you wouldn't expect anything less from from Don McLean, of course. And uh, Dermo, um, let's please give us something for the weekend that we can hang our hat on. Not quite as brave, but I will go. I'll nap uh, Fairyland in the Chilby Park. Okay, Fairyland, the Chiefs, also a decent price. I'm going to go a bit shorter this weekend. I got absolutely mullered, of course, for my study of man. 
uh, round last time. <laughs> it still could run in the arc. It still could happen. Let's hold that together. Still running it, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go for Star Rock in the in the near for me. I think uh, that's one of the better bets of the weekend. It's been a pleasure to have uh, you guys with us again on the race half course. Brought to you with our friends at BetBright, Demi Nolan, Don McLean, and Nick Luck from the states this time. Um, have a good weekend, everybody. Back some winners, and thanks all for joining us. Oh.